after a successful interview and a fight against Kaiju Fight, possible student contact into the inner workings of the Golden Horizon Conservatory, Oriros nevertheless seem no closer to achieve their goal to find what is happening, the missing teen superheroes that have been reappearing in the Academy, as this student, Carietta White, is now in their care under a psychic coma. Without any other leads, our heroes must proceed with their original goal of enrolling Void Walker and having her investigate the Golden Horizon Conservatory from the inside. Time has passed, and it is time for the induction of the new students. It is the moment of your triumph. You made it in. You managed to get Alisa into the academy. Congratulations, parents. Now, you get already the invitation for the induction ceremony welcoming the new students. So, what are you doing in preparation for this event? I believe that Bart is currently like full right before going out to any major event panicking of making sure everyone's properly dressed enjoy the full like all right is everyone wearing clean socks okay everyone have a low blood sugar snack in their pocket let me see what snacks are you bringing now that makes a loud crinkle when you unwrap it right i see a single thing of fruit snacks there's gonna be a problem jensen pulls out an extreme like there's a certain point and i think everyone will know what i'm talking about last like a ziploc bag that has just been wrinkled to an insane degree that is just full of trail mix like wrinkled to the degree where it no longer makes noise like it's it's beyond that it's almost softened to the consistency of fabric okay perfect that is the ideal but remember if there's like a snot-nosed kid next to you and they ask for any they can't have any in addition to allergies that they will chew it loudly yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, uh, listen. You know, I can be fairly subtle as far as just like eating things. So I'm not gonna. It's, I'm gonna make it look like I'm yawning every time. Yeah, Elias just pulls out some fish jerky. Not my first choice, but excellent. I think I'm going to go with the classic. I pull out a handful of the paper wrapped, not the foil wrapped, hard candies. Jensen leans over to Elias, like, and very quietly is just like, "Hey, do you want to? Uh, do you want to? Do you want to trade a little?" Yeah, sure, sure. All right. Just like pulls a handful of a handful of trail mix out, <laughs> accepts a small handful of fish jerky, fully puts it in the same bag as the trail mix. Yep. Alisa pulls out of her blazer, Kanibu bubble gum. Are you going to be able to resist the urge to pop that during the ceremony? Oh, I'll just still have part of the pop away. Now, now hold on. Now, how does how does that work? Is that something you could really do? Like with, like with physics, how does that work? Don't worry about that. Demonstrate this ability for us now, before we go any further. That is not the response that I typically... Like, when you say don't worry about it, that means this is a concern. That's just what I hear. <laughs> Again, don't worry about it. D- demonstrate that power right here. That is not a demonstration at all. Fine, I'll not bring it. Uh, would you like some nice... Trying to think what snack doesn't make a ton of noise. Uh, Jensen just very subtly goes and slips like a full, just like a like a just a really nice brownie into into her hand, like behind her back. It's pretty obvious that on the pocket of the blazer that she has this perfect square there. Excellent. Did you give her a plastic bag to put it in? Uh, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the listener, Lou just put into the chat, it's an edible. <laughs> that really got me. Also, for the listener, I'm extraordinarily tired, so it doesn't take much today. Did I give her a plastic bag to put it in? No, I didn't. I just put a, like, it's in a napkin. It's not wrapped in a napkin, it's just on a napkin when I handed it to her. I, whatever happens after that is, is not up to me. It's between her and God. Someone's going to have to wash that pocket out. And Bart is giving Jensen this very, like, everyone's seen the very, the smug, threatening face, the 
Who's going to wash that pocket out? In this moment, it's Johnny. His jaw just sort of like hangs for a second. And then he just walks over to like a notepad that they have next to the phone for taking down, you know, phone numbers and stuff. And just writes down like just the phrase, we're leaving like tomorrow (laughs) and just holds it up (laughs) and like and just points at it to Bart and then just tears the paper off and just crumbles it up (laughs) and sticks it in his own pocket. So he's not leaving evidence. Bart goes to a whiteboard and writes on it, yeah, but we still have to get back into Chile, and I don't want her pockets smelling like chocolate, alerting terrifying guard dogs or anything. Some more scribbling on the paper. It's just, and it just says, we'll just leave these clothes here. We have other clothes. Did you ask if she wanted to leave the clothes? I turn to Elisa, and I say... Dear, are you planning on, uh, when we go traveling, are you planning on taking this outfit with you? Uh, uh, your, your father is concerned about whether or not that might, Brownie might leave a stain. She grabs the notepad and she just throws a fire, a sprite version of her jumping up and down as something burns in the fire. Can you label that art piece for us, dear? Soon. <laughs> That's honestly like just the just the picture was enough for Jetson. He is perfectly contented by this explanation. Bart sighs. All right. Well, then I think we're all dressed to kill. And let's head on out. That reminds Johnny and he goes into his study and he goes under the desk in there and reaches under it just under the desktop and pulls out just a couple of sidearms that are relatively small and very easy to conceal. And he just like tucks all of those into like, you know, an under the shoulder holster. And then one like is like on a thigh strap. He's got one like next to his boot. He's got several guns because, you know, who knows? Who knows what will happen? All right. So we are back at the already familiar grounds of the Golden Horizon Conservatory. And it seems like there's this mood of celebration. Seems even more formal than usual. So it's quite a surprise as you are approaching the main hall where they are hosting this event on the largest conference room that you see some kind of festival arrangements, kind of dense, and it seems an odd event. You can see a few young girls that they seem to be gathered around some banners, and one of them seems particularly young. Lord Rex is also there. There's also a fortune-telling tent there for some reason and yeah and they are kind of distributing candies and stuff as someone is speaking over with a megaphone and as you approach you see that the banner says Yamato Saxon wedding and around the tents there are photos of the British royal family as well as Chrysanthemums and other symbols of the heraldry of the Japanese royal family. And you recognize the young girl. It's Norinomiya, one of the princesses of the deposed Yamato royals. And this seems to be some kind of monarchist organization within the school that seems to advocate for the union of the British and Japanese houses. Okay, so I have a quick question. You you all would have informed me about a Lord Durax clone here. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, also, what did you tell, if you tell anything, to Void Walker? Because she had no opinion. I just saw this. Yeah, I do want to get out in front of at least Bren's question. We absolutely would have got Elias up on that. Just as soon as we were like recapping stuff back at home, we would have 100% talked about that. Okay, cool. So that would, that's, that's, I know we did go fight a kaiju and there was like other stuff that happened that I uh, did not hear, but I just wanted to make sure, just, I, I assumed as much because otherwise you would have heard Lord Thorax and cover blown. Oh, well. So, yeah, but what did you tell Eliza, if anything? I mean, I feel like we would have probably 
Um, yeah, we would have explained the broad strokes of that and then explained that there was a clone here and that we didn't know what to do about that yet, but like not to do anything dramatic right away. And that we would, you know, we would signal her if we needed her to intervene in some way, I think. But we would definitely have been like, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I realize that's sort of a boring answer, but I, I definitely think that's kind of. Yeah. You never saw Void Walker this mad. She seems to be glaring at Princess Naughty. Like there is this existential hatred. Like matter and antimatter meeting. Like a complete repulsion immediately on her eyes. You never saw her this way over anything. That's the shit. Are you fucking kidding me? I think I kind of try to sidle up to her. And say, hey, uh, darling, what's, uh, what's, what's going on? You seem a little upset. Can you just believe this fucking monarchist nationalist? What the fuck? What the fuck do they even want? Who wants this? I uh, can't claim to understand it myself personally, but, you know, it's, I would say, an area of least concern for us today. Don't get me wrong. I think it's tasteless as well, but... Uh, for, for the moment today, we're here to celebrate. I say we prevent ourselves from growing distracted in that sense. Don't you think? Yeah. Let's get, let's just move along. Unless you want to have your fortune read, Papa. I think I'll pass. I, knowing what I do about my own past, I think I'm perfectly fine not knowing my future. It'll be fun. Well, what about you, Papa? Do you want to know more about your past? Bart's been grabbing the free candy they're handing out. Is currently like rapidly unwrapping it and eating it. Looks no, I think I'm okay. I think the past should be as much a mystery as the future. Oh well, let's bet get going, shall we? I mean, John is going to peek in curiously and see who they have reading fortunes at this very formal prep school. Yeah, you look inside there and you see a teenager wearing. Purple and green clothing with a big stereotypical witch hat. And she has a wine stain mark shaped like a small chic bee in her chic. And she has this penetrating glare as you peek inside. Uh, okay. I look back at her, shrug, keep moving. You start getting to the main event. And the teachers are going around, they are organizing the parents and the students in lines as they welcome the guests. And you can see that uh, many of the guests, they are prestigious alumni that are arriving for the ceremony. You have bankers, you have captains of the industry, and you have a lot of military personnel. And in fact, basically a small regiment is coming in almost every single officer serving at the carrier that is stationed in the port nearby the invincible and you can see from the heraldry that one of these officers a former alumni of his academy is the royal prince that is serving on the invincible as a navy sub-lieutenant now, highwayman, forget the sense of something dreadful about to happen. You get a combination of all your powers at the same time. You have the sense of recognition of what is happening at the atomic level. And you put it together, you feel the very same emotions, same Cut off of information, the same quantum screams that you get when Void Walker loses her powers. And as you process this lack of information, this glimpse into the future, you realize that Void Walker will just sever reality at the neck and crotch level of the Royal Prince. And this is going to happen in seconds. What do you 
do. What's immediately surrounding me? So you have other parents around you. You have older students in front of you. Then you have the new students on the row after that. So she's like two rows from you. Are we all seated? Are we walking somewhere? Are we standing? You are all standing as welcoming the guests as they cross in front of the path. So he's going to be passing next to you in a few seconds. That's where you predict that your child is going to commit the political assassination of a member of a royal family. What are we standing on? Uh, on the grass on the pet next to the, to the entrance. Great. I transmute the dirt underneath that grass into mud, and then I'm going to slip in it. I'm going to knock over Void Walker and probably also just anybody else I can to create a big, nasty distraction so that she doesn't have the chance to think about that anymore. That sounds like an awful, awful thing to do during the induction ceremony. How about we make that a challenge? Oh, it sure is. Yeah, it's a pretty bad thing to do. Okay, then let me modify what I'm going to do. I'm going to transmute the dirt under myself into mud. Um, and I'm going to trip. I don't want to not, I, I, as much as possible, I don't want to get her in the mud because she still has to be part of this induction ceremony. So I don't want her to look, I don't want to cause her any uh, like over the top embarrassment when she has to be very visible. Feel bad about that. So I'm mostly just trying, I'm just trying to make myself look like an ass, um, but enough so that it is distracting to everyone around us. Uh, if I get mud on other people who aren't her, you know, just on myself and maybe on my two compatriots, other parents, other students, that I don't really give a shit about. And while I am slipping, I'm going to try and basically slap the power dampener on her. Did you prepare for having to do a distraction on this event? I mean, I mean, almost certainly it the, like the possibility came up in his mind. I don't know if he was explicitly planning on doing it but like he at least thought about like and if something goes wrong in one of these 12 ways i have something for that all right then so i guess the principle of the tactician applies go ahead okay so i will use that um am i able to stack boosts is that possible i'm going to also this is really important that this doesn't go badly, so I'm going to use the Hyperborean baking thing as well. And I'm also going to burn, check this, I haven't used these for most of the episode, one of my hero points. So that's a plus three now. Okay, so that's max dice and plus three. So I guess you cannot screw these up. Yeah, it's super, 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 super important that this does not go badly. So <laughs> yeah, I will do that. Plus, I don't know if I mean, I know I'm using, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm actively using transmutation, so I need to do that, uh, even though I'm kind of using precognition also. Yeah, so precognition, no, transmutation, uh, I'm going to say secret moon veteran because this is a tactical move. Good. I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, you managed to startle Void Walker just at the moment that you can feel already the atom screaming. And she loses her focus and misses her target. And she's still looking as it goes ahead and tries to use her powers again. But the power dampener does its work before fizzling out. But in her confusion, it's enough for her to miss her chance. And then she kind of realizes what she was doing. And she looks back at you, embarrassed. Okay, am I currently covered in mud? Nah, just a suit. You just make a kerfuffle and people moving around trying to avoid getting dirty. Okay, fantastic. I think I try to compose myself as much as possible and I just profusely apologize to the people around me in the most like over-the-top, like high society way that I can. And as I am doing that, I have a hand on Voidwalker's shoulder in such a way not to be like I'm not I'm absolutely not trying to be it's not intended to be condescending it is very much intended to be like comforting and after I have apologized to everyone I kind of just give her a look and it is basically just it is intended to be like I know it was an accident I'm not mad 
like just I'm just glad that everything's okay kind of like just just a it is a comforting look and I give her shoulder a little squeeze and then let go did the others even notice something I think uh, Bart on his deep paranoid mom mode does notice something and then just looks confused doesn't notice all of it just the slight slip the hand on the shoulder and just kind of shrugs off as tried to apologize for a kerfuffle I, I think uh, Elias feels something and notices the same thing Bart does, and that's pretty much it. Ronnie Jennings, smooth operator. So we proceed to the ceremony proper, and it's open with speeches. Of course, Baroness Madeline Perriot is the first to remind people about the importance of education, of the meaning of integrating in society, that these children, they are welcome into their breast and they have all the world ahead of them. They're going to be the future leaders. And that introduces various of the different alumni that give up their little speeches. And, of course, the royal prince is the big one. And he does this short speech. It is impressive how much this academy has changed ever since I left three years ago. I, serving the empire and the commonwealth in the military, I have to thank the finishing touches of the Golden Horizon Conservatory to make me the man that I am today. And I think it's important that our students look forward for that. They have great power within themselves that will be made useful for the world. They are the future of the British Empire. They are the future of the world. And you hear a, a voice behind you, Bart. It's a lot of bullshit. Without obviously looking, I'm trying to see who's behind me. Yeah, you don't quite see it. And then you hear it again. Can you believe that? It's all this kind of nonsense every day here. And the voice seems to be coming underneath you, kind of in the front now. I'm going to look in front of me and see if I recognize the two, one of the two voices talking. Yeah, yeah it's the same voice. Oh, that's what? Uh, I start very carefully looking around, make sure to make it look like I'm stretching. Yeah, that's when you feel a weight on your shoulder. I look over. And you see a mouse, a familiar mouse. <gasps> Bingers. I look at the mouse. Oh, carefully, nonchalantly as possible, grab him, put him in my palm. What are you doing here, little friend? What are you doing here? And he points in one direction, and you see from the other side of the conference hall, you just see Luna and Ultra wearing the school's uniform, just looking at you and waving confused like what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> also, it's, I think it's pretty obvious for the other two that, <laughs> that John Doe has a mouse in his hand that he's speaking to Johnny is abs- like is just absolutely gobsmacked I mean like it's not it's, again this is a guy with precognition he can usually see the future so it's not like this was totally out of the realm of possibility but this one was a pretty unlikely thing so just seeing the mouse and then looking over at luna and astra just being like uh i mean good glad you're here i guess good to see you but also just like does not know what to do with this information (laughs) elias is suitably confused about what's going on why they're here why the mouse is here, and how they got all the way from Argentina to Japan. Quick, let's meet in the balcony. And uh, the mouse starts sprinting across. John Doe looks, and as an important reminder, John Doe's current disguise requires him to be wearing a cast. And so he quickly exchanges looks with the other two and tries to signal who should go because it probably shouldn't be John Doe. We're still in the middle of the ceremony, right? I mean, it's kind of dying down. 
it's kind of dying down. So it's, it's it, yeah, it's more addressing the students. The students are going on as they are called by their names, organizing in classes. All right. Uh, Elias, Elias being the dutiful person they are, will, will go, I guess. So the two parents can stay. I mean, honestly, also, if like Sam, if you want to go, Elias is the perfect cover because you'd be like, oh, me and my man are going to take care of something. Stay here, Bart. Yeah, I think I would just sort of offer my hand. Not It's not so much to John as it is to Bingus, so that Bingus can climb into my hand and just quietly say, Elias, would you mind uh, joining me? I need to get myself cleaned up. Yes, sir. And uh, I would excuse myself to go talk to Astra and Luna and bring them their mouse. You meet in the balcony, and they are just utterly flabbergasted. What are you doing here? No, what are you doing here? We go to the school. Yeah, we we got the scholarship. They they were looking for people with powers. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that uh, that uh, that does that does track. We are we're aware of that. We had a we had an assignment here. We're we're undercover. Oh, oh. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, and he holds out a hand, and he sa- like looks at them very pointedly, and it just says, "My name is Jensen, oh. uh, and this is my uh, this is our uh, our uh, butler Elias." Nice to meet you. This is this is really a surprise. Uh, yes, yes. It, we're we're far from Argentina, but uh, it is a pleasure to meet you here. Yeah, I mean, after we talked about, we pondered about what we could do if we had the chance, and well, this seemed like a chance to get out. That hits Johnny, I think, relatively hard. Just because he's seen, like, the kinds of people who go to this school and what the whole deal is here. Yeah, it's almost like that. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I think he's not super comfortable with kind of that realization, just knowing that this, like that he was, that he was part of what drove them to be here. Yeah. I think he's just kind of quiet for a minute and he ultimately is just like, it sounds like you are uh, making strong efforts to see more of the world and see it through a lens that is not limited to violence and aggression. And that is very commendable. Today is something of a busy day for us, but I would uh, perhaps fail to offer you the opportunity to speak further on that topic, and I would like to rectify that. And I think he like pulls out his little notebook and writes down, I think, a few different methods of contact for him. I think he writes down like his address at the university, and I think maybe like a codex number, like several different ways that they can get in touch with him. And he says... Please, uh, I would say in about, I don't know exactly when it would be as a player, but uh, I think Johnny would know when they are no longer going to be in Tokyo. So he says in just like in that amount of time, please reach out and and contact me. I'd love to talk to you more about how things are going here. And um, if if I may offer it, I, I don't wish to impose, but I would love to uh, be available to offer some guidance in the interest of, out of a hope that your futures will be cleaner and more joyful than mine. And I think he, in something of a, I think, slightly paternal way, puts a hand on each of their shoulders and says, I... I'm genuinely very glad to see the both of you again. Truly, it has been something of a hectic day, but this is certainly one of the brighter points in it. And Elias, you notice already on the moment that uh, Highwayman talks about seeing the world, you see that Ultra is kind of stilled herself, but uh, you get, you understand as a fellow outside of their home, that Luna is taking it quite hard and she does not seem to be fitting quite well here on this place and seems to be reacting quite strongly internally at Hellman's words and seem to be clenching like a lifeline, the contact information that does not seem to 
say anything. I think Elias will note that, and uh, I, I know what it's like to be far from home. Uh, if you need anything, you can get a hold of me through J- uh, Jensen. Thanks. And Ultra plays strong and has this determined glance. Well, they promise we can live a normal life here. I think that's worth fighting for, no matter how hard it might be. If they can deliver that promise, at least. If they can deliver on that, then I would... I could not agree more. I don't know if they would notice it, but I feel like almost certainly Bezerkir would notice it, that Johnny's trying to be very composed, but his hands are shaking a little bit. And I think, again, it's like you would have to know Johnny relatively well to see it, but there is a hint that he may be holding back a tear and he says I don't wish to keep you and we have things to take care of uh, but if yeah, if you if you need anything from us um, and then I think he also just like notes down where they are staying in town and tells them they are welcome to drop by or give them a call while they're here and mentions that they will be staying for however long they will be then he says please uh, anytime at all we'll have to be getting back at least broadly speaking, my door is always open. And being to say, hey, the weird girl, your child. That breaks a little bit of the seriousness that Johnny has been feeling about this whole thing. And he says, today we are here uh, as we are here as a family. And we are certainly proud to have her joining the conservatory. We don't know how long she will be here. But yes, today we are here as a family intentionally keeping it vague to basically be like, she's not my kid, but like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, the girls, they don't push it and you go back in time for the end of the ceremony. Well, mission accomplished ish. I mean, you get your girl inside. You prevented a political assassination. How you feeling? Relieved. John Doe disassociated and is just coming together after uh, learning that we beat the terrifying kaiju. You manage to defeat Clarice and she still has not recovered. So you are still hamstrung in what you can find from her. But... Everything seems to be progressing pretty well on the investigation. And you hope that she wakes up any moment now. But you're gonna have to continue living your false lives until that time. Yeah, because we need to get her out, right? Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. You're gonna see as she wakes up what she actually says from herself. So, do you want to have a domestic scene to generate some boosts, or do you want to go ahead? Uh, that seems probably smart. Yeah, boost, boost, boost. Boost, boost, boost. There is a disclaimer of celebration on the North City neighborhood, and again, two of their kids, they got enrolled in the most prestigious academy of occupied Tokyo. Yeah, so they are basically organizing a small party where uh, everyone in the neighborhood, you know, all the families, they are bringing a different thing together. Small gathering for the kids, you know how it is. Just another battlefield in the mom's war. Before you have to worry yourselves about this, because again, it's organized by Albipol, because of course it's organized by Albipol. Do you have a few moments of relaxation before that? So what do you do? I think, all right, this is going to be a weird question that I'm going to farm out. What baked good has enough public appeal, is safely transportable, and is also something that the three current characters would know how to make? Well, the last part of the question is a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, something that could go easily. So souffles and such are out because they don't transport well. Can't go wrong with chocolate chip cookies, but everybody brings chocolate chip cookies, and so that will lose me the game of moms. 
think the smartest and easiest one, and one that I think we could justify the characters involved knowing, is the simplest and most American of desserts. I think a good apple pie. Because that's basic, but classic. And if done well, can be very extraordinary. Because I can't imagine John Doe knowing how to make a cheesecake. How about the cobbler? Ooh, I do love a good cobbler, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Apple or peach? Or maybe something Japanese. So making a, a unique fusion. Ooh, yeah, what... What fruit cobbler's well that's common in Japan? I mean, cherries. Cherries pie well, so I assume they'd cobbler well. I think I've had a cherry cobbler before. I think so, too. All right, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a cherry cobbler. And so the domestic scene, the three characters who are here, of course, uh, all working together to make a cherry cobbler. And we're making the biggest, most delicious cherry cobbler we can. This is how you win the game of mobs. You bring so much that everyone has to take some home and talk about how delicious it is there. I want to start a... I want a cherry cobbler so delicious, it starts a fight between a a woman and her husband when he compliments it too much. Now, I'm curious what is going to be Berserker's reaction to the concept of cherry cobbler. So this white stuff is sugar. Correct. And it's super, it's very, uh, it's just so sweet. And my, I yes. seem to crave it now. It is addictive. Wow. And this is molasses. John Doe grabs out the bottle of molasses. This is uh, concentrated sugar. And we're going to need both of these to bake the dessert. Yeah, America is an immoral state that has no right to exist. Alyssa remarks. Alyssa? Just for that, you cannot lick the beaters. <laughs> Good, I'm not ten. Okay. Does she have jealousy in her eyes when I hand Elias one of the beaters and keep the other one for myself? Yeah, but she's trying to hide it. <laughs> she's trying to look away when she sees you looking to the corner of the eye. All right. Because I already mixed up the dough, you and Elias are going to mix up the cherry portion and once the dough's and then pour it in so you can lick the bowl. Here's a spoon as I head to the mixing bowl with whatever's left in it in a spoon. So what do you think, Elias? It's got a very it's sweet, but not overpowering. The dough at least. The cherry mixture will be pretty pretty powerful. Quick question. What type of cherries are we using? Are we using pie cherries? Are we using dessert cherries? Or what kind of cherries are we using? This is a good question that I had been quietly considering. I mean, I think if you want to have that special taste, you're probably going to do something with Satsuni Shik, you know? The thing is, I, I don't think they are too juicy, because I think if they are too juicy, they kind of ruin the cobbler. Yeah. So we probably spent a significant portion of the day looking for some that were perfect. Uh, but they're apparently a very balanced acid and sweetness. Yeah, you don't want any of the acid ones. We might have soaked them in a sweet liqueur to try and cut the acidity. I mean, you can have a more traditional flavor back by maybe marinating them in some peach liqueur. I was thinking peach or a very sweet wine, but I like peach a lot because it fits the fusion theme. Uh, So yes, these cherries are local Sato Nishiki cherries soaked in a peach liqueur. So this has... A sweet alcohol? Yes. Hmm. It seems to find cooking is just more complicated than it needs to be. Honestly, you're right. A lot of the fine art of cooking. Cuisine, if you will. John Doe does the, like, most ridiculous, over-the-top, chef-like gentle tasting of something is about it loses the hominess of food in exchange of a very fine experience and food loses a lot of its hardness and certain flavors are bad that are actually pretty good the french did it the french did it if you're ever like why is this weird and fine cooking blame the french I somehow still feel responsible for that since we did invade france and kind of we're given land there, but whatever. Look, we, we won't talk about that. It's cool. 
We'll pretend that uh, we'll, we'll we'll blame someone else, but it's the French. No, no, I'm I'm slowly realizing that my people were the colonizers' colonizer. Oh well, you're forgetting the Romans. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a colonizers' colonizer too. All right, help me pour this big bowl of cherries into this dough. Okay. Back that the two people with us with super strength probably makes baking this whole thing much easier for them like there's an unused kitchen mixer sitting in the corner i kind of imagining that the old cartoon where they're making the cake and they just pull the cake out of the whole oven there's like was no room in the oven yeah like no air only cake (laughs) this is no air only cobbler (laughs) this might be a bit overkill don't you think papa well, on one hand, Alyssa, you're probably right. There's a lot of cobbler. People are going to eat it and be delighted. And they're all going to have to take some home. But that's the secret. When they all have to take some home and eat it, they're going to be thinking, man, the Joneses really are a talented domestic family. And when you beat Chad in a game of baseball, this cobbler will turn to ash in Albie's mouth. And I don't know if there's a sweeter feeling in the world. Well, Chad is nothing. I am... My eyes are targeting now. Anu Minako. Do you know from the interview? Oh, that's... I do vaguely remember her. Is she good? I mean, everyone tells me she is good. They didn't shut up at school about the star pitcher. Well, I'm sure you're better. Yeah, When's your chance to face her? I'm only going to have tryouts in a few days. Well, I'll be sure to be there with snacks. (laughs) God, you're going to embarrass me, Papa. John leads in. Yes. What snack do you want me to bring? Well, definitely not cobbler. We're going to be eating a lot of cobbler over the next several days, so that's fine. Yeah. I hope you like it. I don't know. Maybe some mango sorbet. It might be too hot for that. Hmm. I'll figure out something. We'll do what I do best. We'll improvise. Now help me cut this into portions. This is a lot of cobbler. Okay, so time to make those rolls for the host. Plus two, the subtle cobbler. Oh, wow. That is... It's a plus one. It is not the fast cupcake that pierces the mom's shield. It is the subtle cobbler. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking damn it. I don't know what to call my boost. What is, should I call it? Uh, oh, it's Subtle Cobbler and I Helped. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I Helped is a very good boost. I Helped is a very good boost. <laughs> the one I was going to suggest was Ancient Hyperborean Baking Techniques. Oh my god, that's still good. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is good. So, we skip a few days ahead. And it is Alpi Pull's celebration for the neighborhood kids. And uh, yeah, what each of you bring, how do you show up, what stands out from the party as you join, because pretty much everyone in the neighborhood is helping somewhat. So John Doe, in his truest concession to the game of moms, is wearing sleeves. He's wearing, yeah, the gasp is necessary, a pair of nice slacks and loafers. His arm is still in a cast, even though the cast is much more for show than anything. He's wearing a white long sleeve button up with a blue vest over top. His hair is perfectly coiffed. It's hot, so he doesn't have a scarf. Wait, excuse me. It's not my arm in the cast. It's my leg in the cast part. So I am wheeling up there. And of course, we are bringing the cobbler. I think also making concessions for what we're supposed to be. Uh, Elias is now in more su- subtle outfit than what they normally wear. Darker tones, but still like kind of colorful dark tones, like dark purples, dark greens. And uh, I think they're going to wear... What's something weird that's not a bolo that you would use to replace a tie? A cravat? I'm trying to like go away from the cravat, but I think that's what I gotta use. 
So they're wearing like a, a big poofy white cravat and they're holding the cobbler with one hand trying to be all like, oh, look, they can afford such a powerful person to try and impress. I like it. What's Alyssa wearing, Ludo? I think Alyssa kind of wanted to go casual, but Jensen had a disagreement with that and you had to side with him because it might reflect poorly on the game of moms, what her option was initially, what was it, that even you went, "Mm, maybe that will not work. Oh, that's easy. Problem with the game of moms is you your child could have a rebellious spirit, but not too rebellious. So as I look at uh and it's such a subtle thing, but as I look at Alyssa, she's got a button with the milk snatcher's face crossed out on it, broad quarter of the snatcher written on it. I just sigh very heavily, just Alyssa, you know I absolutely agree with everything written on that, but you cannot wear it to this event. Oh, but Lorena got me from the Red Edge when she was in London. Come on. I know. You can wear it other places, but not to this one event. Fine. So she settles in. It is a more traditional long skirt. It is inspired by a sailor type. So, yeah, so it's basically a long skirt on uh, dark blue with some black and red edges squared. And she has a little scrunchie of black and white spots and a small pin needle of a chrysanthemum putting it together. Thank you, Papa. I will not want to disappoint you. You'll never disappoint me. Now... Let's go say hello to Albie. She put this whole event together and find out where we can put the cobbler. At that point, I wheel right up to Albie Pool, put on the fakest. Hold on, get ready. I want everyone. This is this is a warning. If you're not willing to take moms being fake nice energy to people, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna skip this piece of dialogue. Hold on. Albie, oh my god, it's so good to see you. This event is so nice. I can't believe you found time to put it together. Oh, I do everything for the children of the neighborhood. They are, in fact, like my own. And it shows. Yeah, I know. I cannot believe that both of our kids are managed to enter into the Golden Conservatory. I know. I'm so proud of Alyssa that she made it in. And I'm so glad Chad made it in. Yes. And Chad has under no pressures to perform also in sports. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's not. Uh, well, as you can see, I brought this cobbler. I thought it'd be such a lovely addition. Where can we uh, put it down? Oh, how delightful. You must try a piece. I. It is an old family recipe that I have spent my whole life perfecting. Why don't you put it at the end of the table? Because it's a bit heavier, so people might want to have it after they have filled themselves with softer things. Of course, it is a perfect conclusion to a meal. I love baking. It is truly, I mean, besides my stunt work, my passion. Oh, I'm surprised that you are able to find your way around the oven. It can be quite tricky getting the right temperature. Oh... Believe me, Albie, once you're confident with one, you're confident with any of them. And all of the work between whatever I can't do that Elias picks up, I've learned a thing or two about how to operate the ovens. (laughs) Delightful. We'll have to meet up now that our kids are going to school. We'll do coffee. Great. Oh, yes. We should go go pick tea while we wait when we pick up them from school. Oh, that would be so lovely. That will be great. Looking forward to it. Uh huh. At that point, John Doe gestures at him and turns away. And as soon as they're out of e- earshot, he looks right at Joachim and Elias and just she's such a she's such a little bitch, isn't she? I hate her. 
kind of imagining during that entire exchange, the whole uh, inner self avatars just kind of glaring with that electrical spark between them. Oh, for sure. There's there's the little chibi versions glaring with lightning and like holding up signs, explaining the like translations of the whole conversation. <laughs> yeah. My cobbler's heavy. How dare you? I got all you baked with kippers. All right, Alyssa, why don't you go find someone to pal around with? She goes around and uh, she seems to recognize the girls there, uh, which seems to be going to the school. Hey, Tiffany, this blonde, blue-eyed American girl comes to them. Hi, Alyssa, so nice to see you. So this is your neighborhood. It's, It's amazing. It's way better than South City on the American sector. Everything looks so good here. They have to show me around. Alyssa, who's your friend? Oh, this is Tiffany. Hi, Mr. Johnson. It's nice to meet you, Tiffany. Elias is having trouble, like, when she said put it at the end of the table. There's not enough room at the end of the table, I think. Oh, no, that's why she said it. Yeah. So, Elias is trying to think how to subtly... And Elias isn't very good at subtly but trying to move stuff around to get the optimal position of the cobbler. So that's what Elias is doing right now. I don't know if you need a roll for that or not. I'm, I'm just, that's what they're doing. That's just what they do. Tiffany call me Bart. No, Mr. Jones is my father-in-law. You know that Alicia has not had much luck making friends ever since she got in. So you're surprising that she seems to be doing so well with this girl. So, Tiffany, you should feel free to come by whenever you want. You seem like a lovely young lady. Really? And she turns expectantly to Elisa. And Elisa kind of goes, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm a bit busy with the tryouts now, but we can hang out anytime next week, maybe. And she raises an eyebrow that is kind of thinking, we're going to still be around here next week, right? Uh, yeah, we should be fine. Oh, oh, Mr. Bart, I don't want to be a burden considering your accident. Probably need peace and quiet to recover. This is just the toll of the line of work. I'm fine. Believe me. Plus, with Elias to help me out, you will be no burden at all. Uh, yeah, I cannot believe uh, you work on these movies. I love them. I watched every single thing about your studios. I cannot wait to see yours. I'm so excited to be working on it immediately. Oh, by the way, in John Doe's head, oh no, must remember things about the movies that are the cover. But Alyssa, why don't you two go enjoy the party? You don't want to hear it. I can tell you plenty of stories of working in movies later. Go be young. Yeah, what is the strategic goal that you seek to achieve in the mom's war on this battlefield. Oh, well, it's simple because um, as soon as me and Albie had our confrontation last time, the first thing she did was she called up her mom allies and started telling them what a huge problem I would be for the neighborhood. So the goal here is to counter that by appearing to be the perfect friend and neighbor so as to make Albie's allies doubt her. Once they've doubted her, then I can strike. I'm not trying to make her have the meltdown yet. That's the final step. That is the killing blow in the game of moms. Right now, I'm trying to convince them all that maybe Albie's starting to slip and that maybe I am the best mom. All right. So why don't we make that a challenge? Okay. I am absolutely willing. Go for it, then. So... I'm going to argue that the principle of amnesia is perfect for this because John Doe is acting purely on instinct, on years of reading various social texts. He doesn't really have a perspective on how the politics of this tight-knit group of moms should work. So he's attacking where he thinks they should, and those happen to be the perfect weak points in the game of moms. All right, go for it. I got an eight. Yeah, so that's a complete success. So tell me how the social dynamics interwoven 
in North City neighborhood change to favor that maybe it's not so clear cat that Albipol is the next successor as the queen bee of this place and maybe there is another pretender to the throne so and I mean it would make a lot of sense is effectively Albipol's second in command Eden Nelson the local house husband to the architect yeah so John Doe when he sees Eden going down the food table make sure to because Eden has met Highwayman correct because they talked about guns yes and they vaguely scheduled for the future hey they like each other maybe we should hang out in November perfect then this is where the strike comes I wheel over just very casually just uh pardon me sir you're Eden Nelson correct oh yes oh I'm I'm Bartholomew Jones. Oh, your husband is talking a lot about you. You're a movie star? I, I, he always flatters. I'm a, I'm a stuntman. But it's so nice to meet you. He's talked a lot about you. You have a lovely home and apparently are a, quite a chef. Oh, I try a bit. I'm trying to get this Scottish Japanese fusion thing up. So far, not many interested people. You know, that does sound like a fascinating example of cuisine. I mean, hold on. And I carefully put a piece of cobbler on his plate. I baked that myself. It's a fusion of classic American cobbler using uh, satonashiki cherries. It's delightful. Oh, you know, still have not got anything that works. I got a few ice cream desserts that... They don't really capture the style of either. So I'm still on the trial phase. We have an old saying in the stuntman field. If it doesn't work, throw someone out a window and try again. I'm sure. I mean, it sounds like it has so much fascinating potential. Yeah, so that's this cobbler. It's kind of fantastic. Elias helped me bake it. It's an old family recipe, but... Well, I mean, our husbands are such good friends, and I'm sure our families will be too. I guess, and I pull out the recipe card I had concealed for this very moment, I guess I can give it to you. Oh, that can be a very good inspiration. Maybe maybe something like a Kranashan with sherry as an ingredient called work. It can be a good inspiration. Maybe matcha? Matcha! Matcha would be a good flavor. I definitely think that could work. Do you think the same way that this works so well with molasses? Maybe they... I'm sure. I'm sure they would. In fact, it probably cut... That's the part of the reason I marinate them is to cut some of the cloying sweetness of the molasses. And I think that's... And that is the target, is I get him talking about the food and slowly... I begin to turn him against Albie. Just as much pleasant conversation in the game of moms. Cobbler is a leather. Crimson Gold Agonies is an associate of Court Games and D20 Radio. Joaquin Jarve, aka Berserkir, is played by Brent Torreson. They can be found at Copper Credit almost everywhere. Check out their other podcasts, Splinters of Jade and L5R Thriller Actual Play. They are available for editing work. Message them for rates. Johnny Jennings, aka The Highwayman, is played by Sam Sedlachter. They can be found at SGCA Delaysec on Instagram and Young Space Dead on Twitter. They are largely impressive. John Doe is played by Bradley Handler. You can follow him at Judge the Barbarian on Twitter or as co-writer on Split Roll, where he screams his opinions at you. Ludo handles the rest. You can find them at The Lettel and more of her stuff as Agonizing Crimson at Itchio or co-writing Split Roll. Sentinel Comics RPG is the property of Greater Than Games and designed in collaboration with Critical Hits. 
Crimson Gold Agonies is possible through the support of listeners like you. You can support us on Patreon or even better, you can review us on iTunes and you can spread the word because there is no better way to get into a podcast because a friend told us about it. Such a, for example, Snyder's Return. Snyder's Return is a tabletop role-playing game interviews and actual play podcast. We interview content creators, Twitch streamers, and fellow podcasters, and we put out our own actual play using a variety of different systems. So come and join us, come and have a listen. You can find us on Twitter at Return Snyder. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or check out our website at www.snidersreturn.squarespace.com.